Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. Today we will be talking about one of the diseases affecting cattle, anaplasma. What is anaplasma? Well, it's coming for you. That is, if you live in the eastern United States. In the western United States, it's already come for you, and it's there. When I first started practicing in 2010, anaplasma was not high on people's radars in my area. I attended some CE at the diagnostic lab and I heard that it was coming. So I instituted a new protocol at my clinic. Sick cattle were tested for anaplasma. For a while, I found nothing and clients wondered why I was testing for this disease. Then I started seeing cases. Then I saw more cases. And now it is on most cattle producers' mind in Kentucky, or it should be on their mind. Let's start at the beginning of my day. It's about 7.30. I have not yet gotten up yet. You know that point when you are to sleep, but you don't really want to open your eyes because the alarm hasn't gone off yet? Yeah, that was the point. Well, I heard a noise, but it wasn't the alarm. It was the phone ringing. I groggily answered with my normal, this is Dr. Nathan. Are you a cattle vet in Kentucky? Uh, yes. I was recommended to you by someone whom I wanted to come work for me, but it didn't work out. I have a problem with anaplasma. He says you have a vaccine for it. I didn't think there was a vaccine. Well, I can get an experimentally licensed vaccine. It's gone through the licensing process, but seems to be safe and has worked very effectively. Do you have a herd you need to treat? I can get you set up. Well, no, I just didn't think there was a vaccine, but I have a big problem. The next two hours was a very delirious veterinarian listening to a long list of problems. This man had a cattle herd in New York. He had a good old vet who took care of his herd, and the vet had identified that a disease had been introduced into his herd from new cattle purchased from out west and brought back to New York. All the imported cattle were fine, but the new ones were dying. This man then proceeded to tell me why, despite me trying to cut him off and tell him I already knew why. Then how he wanted to buy his wife a new truck, but couldn't decide on something or other about the truck. Uh, Apparently he had been convicted of some high crimes in stock market trading, but he had only done the crime to prove a point. Bill Clinton was in his kitchen and pardoned him. And antibiotics were also killing our cattle and poisoning Americans. The beef quality is different when on antibiotics. And there may have been a government conspiracy. Or was it Russia that was putting bad things in antibiotics? Wait 
China. I can't remember now. But that's okay. This phone line is safe because he used old software that couldn't be hacked by the Russians. I lost track of how all this was related at some point, but couldn't quite hang up the conversation because I wasn't sure where it was going to go next. This was one of my weirder conversations. Sometime I should tell you all about the angel aliens. If enough people want to hear that story, just let me know and maybe we can work that into an episode. Two hours later, I was out of bed and hung up the phone. I was literally stunned the rest of the day. He seemed a genuinely nice person and very interested in a wide variety of subjects and seemed to have a lot of money at his disposal to do big things. I, however, was still sitting in my office working out of my garage and received no money for this consultation or therapy session. I'm still not sure what it was. The man spent a lot of time telling me things I already knew, and I spent a lot of time agreeing to those facts. I remember trying to point out a few things in the conversation where supposition from someone who had not studied science allowed his mind to make a few leaps, but I don't think I made much headway. All the same, there were some valuable points to this conversation. So back to what anaplasma is. Anaplasma is a parasite that gets in red blood cells of cattle and destroys the red blood cells. Anaplasma marginale is its fancy name. We don't really want parasites in our red blood cells. They are kind of important, red blood cells that is, almost as important as air itself. Why? Because they are what transports air itself. Red blood cells transport oxygen to animals' bodies. Without oxygen, we die. But parasites are known to kill us. So when our bodies identifies a parasite, they try to kill that parasite. Do you see the start of a vicious cycle? Well, remember in Game of Thrones, Cersei was all like, hey, let's put all the civilians in our city so the most wonderful Daenerys Targaryen and her dragons can't kill us. We'll be safe. No. No, you won't, Cersei, because Danny is going to kick the crap out of you. She's going to take Drogo, knock your little ballista out, destroy your armies, break your castle, break you, and topple your little city. Because you freaking did everything wrong. You're evil. You took her throne, you left her to fight an ice dragon and white walkers all by her lonesome, killed tons of other people. Danny is going to wreak some havoc on you. Booyah. I mean, I mean, sorry, back to the point. So what anaplasma, wait, 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 no, no, no. One more thing, hashtag Team Danny. She was totally justified in what she did. Spoiler alert. Everyone is like, no, she turned and went over the edge. No, no, no. She's just had one of her closest kill friends killed after countless other setbacks, and Cersei was using innocent humans as a shield. Except these weren't innocents. These people were fueling the armies fighting Danny and had no loyalty. They supported whoever was sitting on that throne and would have stabbed Danny in the back if someone paid them the right amount. They made the tools that fought against the true Queen of Westeros, and they only surrendered when they were having their butts handed to them by a dragon. Of course you asked for mercy. Would Cersei have given mercy? No. But all of a sudden, Danny makes a little maybe mistake, and she's killed for it. Come on, John. Where's your love? She was a little tense. All you needed to do, John, pack a picnic lunch, take the Queen of Dragons, and go to the beach for a little getaway. She would have calmed down and everything would have been good. Things just got a little tense in the end. 
Danny, if you are listening, I would have supported you to the end. You would have been a great queen. I would make a great dragon vet, and in case Emily Clark is listening, I'm single, and I just... Yes, yes, I've gotten way off topic. My podcast is about dragon food. I I mean cattle. Sorry, anaplasma. So there was a point to this, though I got lost. In King's Landing, there was an evil, nasty parasite. The Queen of Dragons flushed it out, but destroyed the city in the process. Uh, That was a spoiler, in case you didn't know. That's what happens with anaplasma. The body finds this parasite and then attacks it, but kills the red blood cells surrounding it. When the red blood cells die in mass, an animal runs out of oxygen and dies. Suddenly. So my interesting New York friend was right. His vet was seeing animals with yellow eyes and yellow mucous membranes. In short, this yellow is the coloring from all the broken red blood cells. These animals also would likely be running a fever, which is one of the body's responses to get bad things out of the body. And this vet may have seen normal, docile animals turn mad. I've seen cattle with anaplasma go from being a cow you can lead around with a rope to charging you and trying to kill you. Remember what I said red blood cells do? They carry oxygen to the body. So when they can't do that, the animal is suffocating and becoming delirious, which makes them lash out in fear. In general, these animals are dead within 48 hours. Well, that's not good. So how do we stop this? First, we have to know how it's transmitted. By blood. All it takes is one infected red blood cell. One blood cell. That's all it takes to get from one animal to the next, and the cow is infected with that one red blood cell. Four to eight weeks later, you start to see the signs I mentioned earlier. So how is blood transmitted from cow to cow? The most common transmission route is ticks. Ticks love taking blood from one animal to another. But insects can transmit it too. Flies that bite can do this. A bull could also transmit this if there was bleeding during sex. And oh, what am I forgetting? Oh, I know. Perhaps when someone is vaccinating an animal and doesn't change needles between cows while giving vaccines. Uh, So back to our example. Our friend from New York. His vet was an older gentleman and wasn't changing needles between vaccinating cattle. This is a practice that I discourage. I understand why this vet did it. Vets are cheap. We like saving a penny where we can. We reuse tons of stuff. And in the past, it was common practice to use a needle until it went dull. Newer vets are taught not to do this because it can spread disease like anaplasma. One red blood cell gets on a needle and goes to the next cow. I hear some people pointing the finger at that vet. Tisk tisk tisk. But I also see this in many producers. They want to save a penny too. They call me up and order vaccines and get one or two needles. I'm like, uh, would you like some more? You've got 15 cows. Nah, nah, two will work. I don't need to spend more money. I try to explain how disease is transmitted, but it doesn't always get through. So yeah, it's an old practice, and no one needs to feel bad about that because that's how it was done in the past. But we have learned why that can be bad. 
and you can bet that vet in New York changes needles every time he vaccinates a cow. So yes, needles are cheap and disposable. Get many and change often, like every time you move to a different cow. Still, there's more we can learn from our New York outbreak. Why did all the imported cows not have any problem with anaplasma? Well, these new cows had never seen anaplasma. This disease is very common out west, so every cow out there has been exposed to it. Very few die from it. Why? Well, cattle can fight this off and survive. While herd loss can be up to 50%, it generally affects older animals, so maybe half the old animals survive, but they become carriers, which means they are shedding the disease to others and calves under a year of age become infected but don't die from the disease. So those animals are immune but give it to new animals. Out west, the disease has been around so long that all those cattle are used to anaplasma. They got immunity when they were young or survived the disease when they were old. And it's been around so long, the weak ones who die from the disease have all died. Well, in New York, no cows have seen anaplasma before. So all of a sudden, this vet is vaccinating a new western cow and inadvertently takes blood from that western cow and while vaccinating the next cow, which happens to be an eastern cow, gives it a disease with the blood left on the needle. So the world is warming. Parasites love warm weather. Parasites that suck blood. Anaplasma follows parasites that suck blood. So they went right up with the warmer weather, from Texas to Louisiana to Alabama. They probably skipped Georgia. Most things try to skip Georgia, or at least Atlanta. But they made their way to Tennessee. And then a few years ago, I started seeing cases of anaplasma in Kentucky. At first, it was one cow and one farmer and one herd. And the neighbors said, oh, well, that won't spread. I tried to say otherwise, because it will. They weren't listening when I explained how it was spread. Flies and ticks don't care about property lines. And it isn't everywhere in Kentucky yet, but I'm not surprised when I see it anymore. So what do we do about this? Well, first off, we don't reuse needles. I mean, this is Kentucky. We have a drug problem. My local doctor's office will exchange used needles from druggies and give them clean ones. I don't think they are allowed to ask any questions. So if you don't want to spend a few dollars with your vet every year, buy needles once, go to your local doctor's office and do a needle exchange. Just make sure to tell them you want at least an 18 gauge needles, because you're doing big drugs, right? <coughs> Cheapos. <coughs> if you don't want to take advantage of needle exchanges because you don't like such social stigmas being attached to you, you can at least start more parasite control. Keep the fields mown so there are less biting flies and ticks. Deworm appropriately to minimize external parasites. Set up rubs to keep parasites down. So then what else can you do? Well, in an animal that is in that 48-hour window where they start to show signs from being affected, you can treat them with an antibiotic called oxytetracycline. It's aggressive therapy in multiple doses, but I have managed to recover animals with this drug. 
have your vet come out to show you how to dose properly because I use a different dose amount and different frequency than I do for other diseases susceptible to oxytetracycline. Then people said, well, if injectable oxytetracycline works, let's put it in the food. I've tried this and I recommend against it because we have a better alternative. But first, why don't I like feeding methods? One, I don't like overusing antibiotics. I discuss why in other episodes, but we don't want resistance. And antibiotics in the food to try to prevent a disease leads quickly to resistance. Also, treating it won't work in my mind if the animal is showing disease. They die too quickly for a food additive to be effective. So food antibiotics are more a preventative measure and more to eliminate the carrier if possible. Food treatments can last anywhere from 60 to 120 days and often does not eliminate the carrier state. So that means that cows can still spread the disease. But without a lot of testing, you don't know who is doing that. Lastly, with new government crackdowns on antibiotics in the food, you have to have a diagnosed case of anaplasma to legally be able to treat with antibiotics in the food. The specific wording of your chlorotetracycline food treatment is control of active infections of anaplasmosis caused by anaplasma marginale. I had a farmer once come and tell me he wanted the food antibiotic to prevent anaplasma. I was confused because I hadn't diagnosed a case of anaplasma at his farm. I couldn't legally write a VFD, which is a cattle prescription, without seeing a case of anaplasma. Well, Doc, it was my neighbor's cow. Oh, okay, so yeah, that makes sense. A tick could crawl the fence from his field to yours. Could you get me documentation of his lab test, and then we can proceed with a course of action? Well, no, Doc, he didn't have a test. He found the cow in the field and knew it was anaplasma because the cow was dead, and it was fine the day before. deep breath. Well, that won't quite cut it. I had an upset farmer, but legally no foundation to put an antibiotic into a food production animal and potentially create antibiotic resistance. However, what he can do, which I think is better, is vaccinate for it. Years ago, a company called Fort Dodge made an anaplasma vaccine. This was before my time, so I don't know how well it worked but it went off the market. However, Dr. Jean Luther of University Products makes an anaplasma vaccine. Go to anaplasmosisvaccine.com to learn about him. But he sells a vaccine, which he makes, which has been experimentally approved for use by the USDA. He's a very passionate man and has answered many questions personally about his product to a young vet trying to save some cows in Kentucky. He hasn't paid me to market this vaccine for him, but I do try to sell it because it's not an antibiotic, because we can vaccinate animals and prevent the disease, because by spending some money, we can prevent up to 50% herd loss. That's 50% we can stop from dying. We're saving cows. We're preventing antibiotic resistance, and all we have to do is vaccinate. So head down to your local needle exchange and get a few extra needles and then ask your vet for this anaplasma vaccine. It's a sub-Q vaccine. After two initial doses, four weeks apart, 
It's an annual vaccine and it's safe for all cattle. And if the expense of the needles and the expense of the vaccine seem too much for you, imagine if you lose one cow or maybe half your herd. Is that too much of an expense? But remember, you won't have to do this forever. The world is changing. Parasites are moving north into what used to be colder climates. Soon, all our cattle will be exposed and it won't be a problem because the disease will be endemic. All the young animals will have been exposed to it and have immunity and it won't matter that they are carriers because all the cows that they have come in contact with will be carriers too. But will that be five years from now? Ten years? Twenty? Well, I guess until that happens, if you don't want to vaccinate, remember, half of your herd may be gone and may cut into your profits for the year. If you're local to my clinic and have cows, talk to me about getting this vaccine. If you aren't from Kentucky, talk to your local veterinarian for advice on what the disease is doing in your area and how best to prevent it. Normally, I say go with what your vet says, but I will say that many vets have not yet heard of the experimentally licensed vaccine and may only have food antibiotic alternatives. You may bring it up so you can do your part in preventing antibiotic resistance in our country. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out LickingValleyVet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section.